0: Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Get Into It with Gila. I'm Gila Glassberg, your host, a registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. And today I am answering a follower's question that was sent to me via WhatsApp. So if you want to participate as well, you could um, send me a voicemail at 570-878-3642. 570 is from Scranton. I'm originally from Scranton and I kept my number. Um, you know, sometimes people ask me questions and... I try to answer all the questions. Sometimes I have to say, like, this is really more of, like, a counseling thing, but if people send me questions on WhatsApp or on Instagram, I really try to answer them, and I really feel like I'm just trying to spread awareness about intuitive eating, and I have to say that I feel that there is a shift in the, in society a little bit. Um, I was interviewed on um, Yochava Davidowitz's podcast, and it it was just put out this week, and um, her podcast is called a deeper conversation and I had never heard of it actually full disclosure but she reached out to me to be on the podcast and then I found then I started listening to her podcast just to get a sense of it and it's it's such a great it's such a great podcast um for for a woman so go check that out um it's the last episode that she published and um yeah I feel like you know what it is like you read the intuitive eating book and you even maybe get the workbook or you start doing the principles but it's it's hard to implement so um even after you've maybe worked with me privately or in my group, people still reach out like, you know, and I always say to um, clients and people who are in the group now, like, don't worry. Like I still have my own intuitive eating journey that I'm on and things that I learn about myself. And um, there's so many things to learn. I actually feel like just something that I was teaching last night in the group is that like oftentimes when we use food to cope and then we get into the habit of like not doing that as much anymore, we start to realize that when we do that, it's like a smoke alarm, like something else is going on. So although like some people don't view our relationship with food as very, very deep I happen to think that there's so many things that come up when we work on a relationship with food like oh every time I start binging it means that I'm like angry at my husband and I actually just need to learn to confront him or I need to learn to do self-care or every time that I feel frustrated with my child I don't I feel hopeless so does that mean I need to take a parenting class or let's say totally outside of like our close relationships do I need some hobbies do I need something some more spiritual um outlets so yeah that's um such a great principle, um, uh, coping with your emotions with kindness, which is, which is um, what I taught last night in my group. So I am actually recruiting for my next group. If you're interested in learning the 10 principles of intuitive eating um, within a group setting of other like-minded women, we'll meet on Zoom once a week. And there's a private WhatsApp chat. And um, I really feel that the women are finding it very valuable. Um, so reach out to me at eighteen at gmail.com if you would like to sign up for the next group. You could also um, check out my website, gilaglassberg.com, for more blog posts and videos, uh, YouTube videos um, with the with the podcast. Um, and um, I, I also just want to say that I said this last week, but I did actually speak, or maybe I didn't say this last week. <laughs> um, I spoke at Hafter this week to the 10th graders, and I felt like they were really receptive. And I really do feel like there is some movement, which is really, really, really great um, in the world on accepting intuitive eating. and health at every size and not having such a crazy focus on you know being skinny um and I just want to ask a favor if you like this podcast and it's helped you at all please subscribe to the podcast and rate the podcast and this is how the podcast actually moves up in the rings and other people who are looking for intuitive eating might find it I would really 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 appreciate it and if you would like to make a donation or you'd like to sponsor an episode you could email me as well and you can also sign up uh directly through the through wherever you listen to podcasts okay without further ado have a great day hi everyone and welcome to my podcast get into it with gila i know you're going to love the content here because you will gain inspiration powerful tools and insights and valuable knowledge if you want more of this please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or visit me on instagram at gila glassberg i'm gila glassberg a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor I have come to realize by counseling many, many women that this work is much deeper and greater than food and body image. It's the bigger picture challenges we face of love, belonging, acceptance, what our true values and goals are, noticing them, addressing them, and gaining skills to move forward. If you have been struggling with what your life's purpose is, or you just feel stuck in general and don't know what's holding you back, this podcast will enlighten and inspire you to take action and move forward. This podcast is about other women in the 21st century who feel that losing weight will fix all their problems or somehow
1: meet their unmet needs. Right, I'm in the middle of your podcast with Greenie Heller, the first one. Um, I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, I think it was in front of that one, the beginning of that one where you said you like long podcasts, not short ones. And I think I agree with you, I like long ones. Um, Although it's taking me a while to get through this one of yours, I think just because of the time of the year it is. And so I haven't had the chance to listen to it in one fell swoop. It's actually been about five times and I'm still not done. Um, But, and I'm not finished in and I didn't listen to your second one. So my question comes to, there was a question about a three-year-old only drinking milk and honey. And you said three-year-olds go through stages. And I wanted to know, and I don't know if you discuss it in any of your podcasts because I haven't heard it yet. Is there a concept of bringing in money or is it the type of thing where we say it's costing me now to do all of this, but at the end of the day, I'm going to save later because my kid's not going to go to therapy or my kid's not going to be paying Weight Watchers. So it's okay that I'm quote unquote wasting money now because they won't be wasting the money later. And like a specific example of what I'm saying is when my daughter, who's now 12, when she was three, it's interesting because she just started um, drinking lemons again, she'll drink them out of the pouch. Um, and they have the new one that's a mochaccino, it's got coffee in it. And she tried it and she loved it. And what I also loved is when we went to the market, she said, I'm only buying two because I want to be able to eat it and not have the pressure of, I bought so many, so I have to eat it because, you know, she asked me to buy it. They're expensive and she'll feel guilty and eat it because it's there. Um, so I liked that part of her thinking, but back to her, when she was three years old, she loved lemons and that's what she survived on. And she would stick a straw in it and drink 11, and inevitably throughout the day, we would find you know, by the end of the day, there would be about three lemons around the house, and they were all half full. And basically, what she would do is she would go to the fridge, get herself 11, drink it, only drink half of it. Um, and if we tried to put it in the fridge to save, because again, this was nine years ago, there were no pouches, um, she would not take it again. Because it was gross at that point, you know, it was quote unquote damaged. Um, leavens are expensive. We trashed a lot of leavens. Um, so, you know, is that what a parent is supposed to do? I would love for you to, because you've discussed money before, um, that you are sometimes in not a good way a money pincher. Um, I would love for you to do a podcast or the concept of where does money fall in to foods meaning if my kid likes broccoli um, not corn corn I can serve from a can and it's cheaper frozen checked broccoli and I'm not willing to go with non-checked broccoli Um, I'll only buy checked broccoli out of you know um, um, halacha reasons Um, I'm willing to make the the monetary sacrifice for halacha not everybody's capable of doing that so if my daughter loves broccoli, but can and not so much canned corn, if I'm serving canned corn with dinner, I'm saving money. But then she's not picking up that vegetable. If I serve the broccoli, she's going to devour it. But that's costing me a lot of money. So where does money come in play into food? Um, I know a lot of um, a lot of the the people on Instagram will talk about um, privilege and how can you say that canned corn is bad when you, you're not the one with the, with the pocketbook? you know? And how could you say um, that prepackaged food is a bad thing? Some people can't afford to do it any other way. Um, so I would love to hear how money spending on food applies to intuitive eating and how we don't turn the money aspect into a diet.
0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Get Into It with Gila. I'm so excited to have you here and I am excited to do this episode. I am actually answering a followers question. So let me explain. I am very active on Instagram, RD. you can follow me there. And I actually take most of those posts and put them onto my WhatsApp status. So I know some people aren't on Instagram. So therefore, if you are on WhatsApp and you like to watch the WhatsApp statuses or you want to learn more about intuitive eating, you could watch them there. If you don't have my number, feel free to email me at gilaglassberg18 at gmail.com. And I will add you to my, so that you could see my WhatsApp statuses. Um, So a lot of people send me questions about intuitive eating, whether they are current followers, past followers, I'm sorry, current clients, past clients. Or followers, right? So I just a disclaimer here. I do get some questions on Instagram slash my WhatsApp where they're more asking me to help to counsel them, and I don't really do that. Obviously, in the confines of people just reaching out to me randomly, right? Uh, If if you're a client of mine, then we've figured out an agreement on that. But um, just a disclaimer. I feel so bad. Like I, it's it's a funny thing. Like I love answering intuitive eating questions, and I love talking about it. But sometimes, like it's this is obviously not counseling my podcast and my Instagram is not to be mistaken for actually being counseled so it's an important disclaimer and I should probably say it more often so I'm just saying that now um but anyways um this is somebody who I've worked with before and she's asking me this question and I said you know what if you're comfortable I'm happy to answer it and let's make it into a podcast because I'm sure other people have that question so um the question is really if you think about it um uh layered right so the question is if we want to teach our children positive eating habits, right? So just a little tiny recap of the information that I've taught here before. If you want to go back to the episode um, with Alicia Vawiener on the division of responsibility, or you could go to my recent episode with Limi Heller about what, how I believe we have, tr- we have shifted from division of responsibility to responsive feeding, um, just to understand like what I am actually saying, but I'm just going to say it really quickly here. We, as the parents, decide the what where and when of eating the child decides how much and if any we have to provide them with lots of different foods variety of foods we have to offer them foods often throughout the day one and a half hours to two hours depends on your kid depends on your schedule obviously has to work for you and your family my family is different than your family everyone's family is different than their family no judgment here just it has to work for you um so how does if you're if you want to like I let me just give you an example. I have this question a lot. Like, a parent will tell me, "I can't keep exposing my child to broccoli." And if you're, if you um, buy, okay, so we don't, um as religious Jews, we don't eat bugs, right? So some vegetables um, have a high chance of having bugs in them, and they're hard to check for bugs. So a lot of us buy bodeg vegetables, which are either the vegetables that are grown in a greenhouse or they are checked and that makes them very very expensive and just a side note I didn't know this before I went to seminary about checking broccoli I guess it wasn't as common then I don't know and I remember like when I first started shopping for my own groceries and I was like this is so good broccoli so good fresh broccoli oh my god it's the best thing I've ever eaten and it's so cheap and I could like buy it every day it was like it's such a funny thing and then like I found out about both and I'm like, okay, there's like, what's going on here? So I understand that like, it really is a splurge when you buy a bag of broccoli. And for many families, one bag is not enough. You know, we all know how much it shrinks down. So if clients will tell me I have a family of six, none of my kids are eating broccoli now, you want me to keep offering them broccoli? So no, you don't have to do that and you have to make it work for you. But like, if you happen to be eating broccoli, offer it to them, or even though they've told you many times they don't like broccoli, you could still say, would you like to try some? And I always say this, um, a a child could be exposed to a food literally up to a hundred times before they will try it and like it. So don't give up on trying unless you see that they're irritated about it. But, um, just the other day with my son, um, we had leftover meat from Shabbos and I made him a plate and it was really good meat. I'm just saying it had like apricot jelly and soy sauce. It was a really good flavor. And, um, he... I was like, ew, gross. Like, he wouldn't eat it. Okay, fine. That was frustrating, but it happens. And the next night, we had company, like, we had um, a play date, and my kids were eating chili or tacos or something, which is, like, their favorite dinner, and this child did not want it. And I offered him my leftover meat, and he ate it beautifully. And then my other my son, who the day before did not like the meat, he did actually try the meat, wanted it, ate it, and liked it. So kids are funny like that. And I actually want to say something here that I have a client that I'm working on, uh, with her, with one of her children that her child's very picky, which is very common and very normal. And we came up with this idea to go to a restaurant together, her and her daughter to go to a restaurant together as, um, cause I think it's important to take your kids to the grocery store, take them to a restaurant if you can, um, and let them choose what they want. And, um, she's like, what if we did like an experiment that, um, we both had to try something that we've never tried or she said maybe she said like my daughter will get something each like the first week we'll do the first time we'll do whatever and then the next month we'll do um that she has to try something new i'm like well why don't you try something new why don't you model to her that there's a food that you've never tried and you're going to try it for the first time and i think that both of us in session had this sort of like wow cool aha moment that we ask our kids to do something really really uncomfortable like I know for me, like, I do not like herring. I do not like raw sushi. And there are people in my life that are always like, just try and think about it. And I'm like, stop. I don't want to try it. Like, I feel really frustrated. And I'm sure I do that to people also because it's like when you eat something so yummy, you really want to share it with other people. I totally get it. But, like, I know for myself, I'm just like, okay, back away. And then I feel a lot more resistance of even trying it. So let's just – I think it's just important to put ourselves in the perspective of the child, Um Dr. Becky, she has a podcast called Good Inside. She does a great job explaining this, that like when we say to our kids, stop playing now, go take a shower. Like it's actually very annoying. Like if somebody would say to us, like I know you're in the middle of doing a puzzle, but you have to go shower. Like it's very, very challenging when people aren't telling us what to do. It doesn't mean that we can't or shouldn't be telling our kids what to do. It just means like to get a little bit of perspective from a child's perspective, which I really, really liked. Okay, so back to our question, our listeners' question. So... um. So kid people will quote unquote waste food. Um, but there's so many ways I could go with this. So first of all, if you're eating past fullness because you don't want to waste the food, I want you to ask yourself, is that also considered wasting? Because you no longer need more food at that meal time. So I like to just um, put that out there. Like your stomach is not a garbage can. And I understand that many of us are dealing with intergenerational trauma when it comes to like the Holocaust. And I'm not negating that at all on any level. It makes perfect sense if you think about it, that during the times of the Holocaust, there was so little food to go around that people literally died of starvation that when they did survive, there were they there was a lot of um forced eating um and not throwing things out because of the trauma that they went through and that has been passed down one hundred percent. I've seen it. I, I, I didn't really grow up with it personally, maybe for my 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 grandparents' generation in my house not so much. Uh but I actually really, really dislike wasting food. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I'm thinking of some of my friends who might hear this and be like, oh yeah, Gila would like I do like save one bite, which is fine. Um, but I got better at like, I know I'm not gonna eat this. It's really not tasting good after day three or four. It's garbage and like it's not worth it to save. And also there's a perfectionism here, right? There's like a there's a really high level of perfectionism that could be playing out here, which is like I have to make the exact amount of food, the right amount of food, otherwise it's gonna go in the garbage. I think that really this question comes down to, and it's a very similar question of diet culture is like, you want to look at your, your, your being and your health as a pie chart. And you want to understand how much, um, if you're giving each, each, um, category enough attention or too much attention, right? So let's say, uh, part of health is like physical health, mental health, spiritual health, financial health, relationship health, right? Think of it as like a, a circle with a pie chart. And Yes, I think financial health is really, really, really important. I think that there is a term actually, um, I think it's called financial anorexia or spending anorexia or something. It's like you have, quote unquote, enough money, but you have a fear of spending it even on like things that you really need, right? So there is that concept. Maybe that comes from the scarcity mindset maybe that comes from growing up in a house that you really didn't have enough and now you do have enough, but you still feel that fear. Maybe you really don't have enough, you know, Um, but really, ultimately, that question can't be answered by me. At all. It has to be answered by you. Sometimes I will say to a client, like if she'll tell me I couldn't buy myself that for lunch because that was too expensive. And I'll ask her, Well, expensive is relative. If you made a million dollars a day, would that be considered expensive? Obviously not. So but if if you don't even know your expenses and your if you don't have a general spreadsheet of a of a budget, which is your income and your expenses and you just make up a random arbitrary number and say that seems expensive therefore I won't buy it. I just don't think that's very good practice. I'm not I'm not here to recommend um any sort of financial advice really although it is something that I really like to learn about and think about and talk about but it's not like really my area of expertise. But I think it is something important for people to do like like it's, a lot of times it comes up with food, right? Like I can't buy myself a salad for lunch. Salads are really expensive. Okay, so what happens when you don't buy yourself lunch? So are you binging? Are you eating um, food, like food that you meant to save for the next day? Are you eating a whole package of cookies? Are you, like at what cost are you not buying yourself a lunch? I, I'm not, I, I know there's privilege here. I 100% know that. Like not everybody can buy themselves a salad even once a week or even once a month. It's expensive. And like, don't get me started on inflation. Like it's not normal to spend. It's it's not normal to spend. It's not normal to charge $20 for a salad. Although I obviously don't know the cost of making the salad. I do know that most restaurants will charge three times the price of what it actually cost them to make it because they have to pay they have to make profit they have to pay their workers right they have to pay for overhead and all that stuff so it makes sense it's just crazy like it's like you want to go buy yourself lunch and like you think in your head oh ten dollars is expensive compared to like the eggs i have at home but like twenty dollars it's like absurd you know i understand but you also want to understand like what go back to the pie chart of like your mental health and your physical health and your spiritual health and your financial health and your relationship health if this is going to make the wheel of your the pie chart flow better, then it, it it really might be worth it. This is, of course, a trial and error situation. I can't answer that for you. You may not be able to answer for yourself. I'm always constantly trying to figure it out. Um, Like it, like my self-care, the, my priority of self-care, if I go out with my friends and they're all going out and I decide I don't want to go out because I don't want to spend the extra money, that's really going to put me at a bad place in terms of my self-care, in, cer- in terms of my relationship health, right? So, it's worth it. That might be a, mean I cut down on something else. There's a lot of intentionality here. There's a, a lot of mindfulness. Okay, so let's go back to the kids, right? Ultimately, we want to teach our kids, I think, a very similar concept of this pie chart of our mental, of our well-being, of our health and well-being, right? So um, if you're going to be all stressed about the kids not wasting food, then that might come at a very high cost, right? Like like the, the follower asked the question about, ultimately paying money for Weight Watchers or ultimately paying money for therapy, right? Yes, that might come at a very high cost. We have to understand this within reason. Like if your child is take is taking 11, which is like a yogurt-y pudding type of thing, and eating half of it, and then going to get another one, and you say, why don't you have the one that you already started? And she says, no, I don't like the ones that I already started. I would, me personally, I would probably get involved and be like, you could have, um, you could have your whole 11, but you can't open another one until you finish the first one. That's because like that is like, why would, why would you want to create that habit? But if it's going to create a huge power struggle and it's really not worth it, maybe I would let it because it's just not worth it. Um, I obviously don't know so much more of the, con- the context here. So I'm only answering it based on what I know. And go- let's go back to the broccoli example. I think that um, you might want to think in your head. I would like to expose my kids to all different types of fruits and vegetables, including cheaper ones or more expensive ones. Okay, so how am I going to do that? Okay, so broccoli is really expensive compared to frozen string beans. Maybe I will offer broccoli once a week and I will offer frozen string beans two or three or four times a week because that's just economically better and you're still getting a high level of nutrients. I like to personally, um, not everybody could do this or should do this. I love to grocery shop. I am a dietitian after all. I love being involved with food. I love cooking food. I love shopping for food. I love looking at prices. (laughs) I know if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I love, it's like, it's like funny, but it's like, I have like my groups of people, like some people like making fun of me like, Gila, you're so funny. Why are you talking about all the all day? Like get over it. And other people are like, thank you so much. It's literally a third to a fourth of the price. Like I just bought a bag of cucumbers for $1.95 at other stores at $6 and I bought four bags of them because I make cucumber salad for Shabbos every week. You can find my recipe on Instagram. Um, my, some of my kids will eat two or three or four cucumbers at a time. And I'm not going to say no. I don't want to say no to having cucumbers. Sure. Have as much cucumbers as you want. Cucumbers are not filling. Uh, they're really very high in water content. So that's like not, not so crazy that if somebody is eating cucumbers as a snack, they're going to want to eat multiples. Right. Um, again, so You might not be somebody who enjoys going out to the grocery store and shopping around. I highly recommend getting comfortable with Instacart. and I understand, like, I just did an Instacart order maybe like one or two weeks ago, and it was for sure between an extra 15 to $18. I did a little bit of a calculation in my head, how much it would cost me to go to the store, how much anointing it would take to take my stroller out with the baby, how much things wouldn't fit in my cart, how much I would have to bag it, how much time it would take me. Okay, so it was worth it for me. Then this week I went because I was able to go with my husband, and it was easier for me, and it worked out. So I think that ultimately what I'm saying is, is like, do, let's do... Um, And let's do a little bit of a planned calculation in terms of what we're spending, what we're exposing our kids to. Um, Are we in line with our values here when it comes to what we want our kids to be exposed to in terms of their food? Um, Yeah, sometimes we are going to make a more expensive food choice, but it's going to maybe, quote unquote, save us in the end because they won't feel pressured or stressed around their food. They won't feel like this pull to diet culture, right? So we want to, ultimately you have to have, this is more than a 15 to 20 minute podcast conversation. This might be like more of like a session type of thing. It doesn't have to be with me. It could be, maybe this is something that you speak about with your therapist. Maybe this is something that you want to sit down with your husband and make a really clear cut budget of like, this is how much money we, I want to spend on food per week, or this is how much money I have to spend on my, on food per week. And that means that there's going, going to be a 20 to $40 discrepancy when it comes to food that I just want the kids to try. Um, th- I think that makes perfect sense, you know, um, or I'm going to spend an extra dollar, uh, extra money here because I'm going to get the convenience of it. But that means I'm going to have a lot more exposure to and vegetables for my kids, right? I'm going to take my kids to a restaurant once every three months, and challenge them to try something new and challenge myself to try something new and see what it's like. Or we, I'm going to challenge myself to cook with some of my kids or have them pick what they want for dinner and us follow the recipe together to expose them to food. It doesn't necessarily have to be from a food perspective, right? I mean, sorry, from a money perspective. And um, if you go back to my episode with Rachel Heinemann, we do talk about the overlap between like overspending, overeating, underspending, undereating. So definitely checking out that episode. And, um, I hope I answered the question. I did probably answer it in a more roundabout type of way, but, uh, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I don't really like to answer like question, answer, question, answer. It's like, tell me more. <laughs> I need to hear the whole story. How could we address this from all different angles? How can we make this work for you? Right. And I think that ultimately that's how the intuitive eating process was designed, that it's not, a, it's not a, a set of rules like dieting is. It's really more of like getting to know yourself, getting to know your triggers, getting to know what's working for you, what's not working for you, being gentle with yourself, being compassionate, and trial and error, trying to figure it out that way. So I hope that was helpful. And I'm happy for you to send me a voice note with any questions, and I will try to answer it here on the podcast or on Instagram or both. Um, I'm so grateful for you being here. And um, if you would like to support the podcast, there is a link um, on Spotify. Spotify you could sponsor you could sponsor like five dollars a month or ten dollars a month that would be super helpful to keep the podcast going we are up to like a episode like 120 a lot of episodes here and i'm just so so grateful that you're here please subscribe to the podcast rate the podcast review the podcast that is how the podcast moves up in in the ranking and that that's how people find other podcasts like this and we really could continue to spread the intuitive eating message that we all really need to hear right um so yeah thank you so much for being here and have a great day thank you all so much for being here on my podcast get into it with gila if you'd like to learn more about what i do and what intuitive eating is please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or follow me on instagram at gila glassberg thank you so
1: much have a great day